This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, sweet Jessica. Hi, Elsie. How are you? <laughs> Good. Not many people call me sweet, but it's nice. <laughs> Well, you know, isn't it nice though? Even if you it just is. as long as you think so, that matters. <laughs> Yay! So, how about doing a little catch up about the podcast movement? What do you think about that? Mm, that would be great. Yay! So, so, did you have fun? It was really fun. I will say that I'm not going to be the primo expert on the sessions because I stayed out of a lot of the sessions. Uh huh. Very interesting. And so did you, actually. And so, so did I. know. so we have no commentary on the sessions. I mean, I, I can say about a few. I saw a few. Okay. So what did you, so what were they like? Because I, I honestly was like basically just on the outside the whole entire time just talking to people. So um, so the one, I saw the women in podcasting panel and that was very good. I know that you and I had concern that the women in podcasting panel, because it was um, Jamie Tardy, Liz Brazier, um, what's her name, Kate Erickson, and yourself, and then it was Natalie moderated Sison. by Natalie, yeah. um, that it would be very business-related and not very women-related, but I think that it worked out okay. She may have changed it up, noticed and changed it up, so that it was, it, I did feel like it was women-specific. Mm-hmm. which I thought was nice. Um, it probably could have been more so because at first they were talking about monetizing, which I thought, you know, why, why can't we hear that in any panel? Right. Panel. Exactly. But, um, yeah. Um, so that was really good. I saw Lou Mangiello did a session on how to take online engagement offline or how to create offline engagement, which was very helpful for me actually because, um, I have good online engagement and you and I both have good online engagement, but it would be great to figure out a way to see people in person more often. So I thought that would be really good. Um, let's see. I love Lou Marjal. Plus he was like a really nice person. And then um, the keynotes, the first two keynotes, what well, you saw, did you see Chris Brogan's keynote? No. No, I miss Chris. Um, do you want to give your, did you, you saw Srini, but I kind of distracted you. You kind of did distract me and I got <laughs> halfway through there. And so I think I missed the punchline, you know, like all of a sudden he was talking about failure or something like that, but I missed the whole story at the beginning. So I kind of felt like I was like, you know, you got into one of those movies that are kind of long, but you get halfway through and you can't catch up with the plot. So yeah. I think I got the gist of it and I can't wait to listen because I, I did see, you know, I got some key points, but then I was really excited to see you. So then I got completely distracted. That's what happened the entire time. I wasn't able to pay attention to anything. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. And you know what? Um, kind of going back to 
I want to like touch base on the women in podcasting panel too. It's just like I I did feel that at first it was going to be. I got the feeling that it was like women in the panel talking about podcasting. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> so it wasn't like that. It wasn't like the panel, the women podcasters are going to be talking about women in podcasting, but it was like women talking about podcasting. Which was annoying. It annoyed me. Yeah. And so then I was like, wait a minute, that's not what this should be about. It was like one of my, you know, at least I tried, I I tried to really bring it back to that whole thing about women in the space and speaking about specifically women issues, because that's what this was about. That's what I thought this was about. So I did try to bring it back into that, into that, you know, by, by giving some feedback to Natalie and she took a lot of it and, you know, there, yeah. So it was a little bit challenging in that respect. I think that there were a lot of more things that I would love to have covered that were more, uh, women specific. And I know Jerry, um, who is one of our, one of our members from, from the She Podcaster and who's a, you know, she's a powerhouse. She commented that she really wanted to get into the nitty gritty of some of the stuff, like some actionable things that, that are people who are in the trenches of podcasting. And I understand that. Con- I understand that because it it was, it seemed like it was a lot more like, um, how do I say it? Philosophical to some degree, like big, mm-hmm. large, generalized statements, but there were no real specific things that we could really anchor into in terms of the podcasting aspect of it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I too, I totally hear that. And, and I wish that we could have gotten a little bit deeper into that whole thing. I think um, next year we can do a better job. Yeah. I, you know, I actually think that there could be a, a very focused track. I think in my head, I could see tracks in the podcast movement so that there isn't this whole thing where it seems like everything's sort of the same. It could be like the women in podcasting track. The- yeah. But I think if they should at least have beginning advanced intermediate tracks for if nothing else. True. Um, Oh, speaking of women, I went to the um, sponsorships in advertising. There was a panel, or maybe it was just an interview of a guy who was like a media buyer. Mm-hmm. That could not have been geared less towards women, though, because first of all, the media buyer represented like the majority of his companies were sports companies. Uh-huh. And so therefore, because he's got clients that sell jerseys and clients that sell footballs and clients that sell this... That he was just, of course, it was a cost per download thing. He's never going to be like, but women, you know, have a reach of a something, you know, whatever. So I feel like I have to make it my mission to figure out how to get sponsorships and advertisers for women only that aren't related to advertising and media buyers because those guys are really, again, only concerned about cost per download. That's not the only way to get advertisers. I have advertisers. And I just had someone ask me, Last night, to how they can advertise on my show. I've had two in the last week, as a matter of fact. Really? Yeah, they did. And again, they didn't. Need, well, actually, um, one of them did ask for my numbers, but the other one didn't ask at all. They never asked me. That's really good. Are they? they are they? Are these um, people or products that you would consider, or is this just like you know somebody trying to make a buck? One is a product. Well, he has, he's like a, a relationship type coach, I guess. Um, so I posted in the group whether or not they would be interested um, in more, like, more in hearing about that. Because 
um, this particular person is, let me see, hold on, work with me. Uh, it's like tips for a hotter marriage, hmm. um, how to get him to be more affectionate, that kind of thing. Right. I don't know if that necessarily applies to my audience. Some of them said yes. Some of them were like, I'm all set. So I can't decide whether or not that would be a good. And then the other one, yes, definitely. That's really good. No, I, 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 I. I feel that, that 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 does need to change to some degree. And and it's and if you're dealing with the big boys, meaning I'm not even saying big boys as in like they're male, but the big boys as in like the larger entity of entertainment media and the way things have been done in the past, mm-hmm. then you're going to be hitting your hell your head against the wall because that's the way that they function. And it's right. really it's really it's just really hard to to switch to switch that gear. I think we talked about this before, didn't we? Like in the sense that yeah, for them, it wouldn't be really, a, yeah. it's, it's just a waste of time to be spend even let, let's imagine this. What if you could get like a, a larger sponsor that's going to just give you a thousand dollars for a month for, you know, to, 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 to do your stuff, you know, to advertise on your show. But that's peanuts. Like that's like no money. Yeah. I know. That's like, and so all the paperwork and all of the manpower that would be set to be able to, to, to get this deal for you, right? For them, it would be like not worth their time. Whereas for you, it'd be like, oh, that's awesome, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it just doesn't work out. And then the other thing that nobody ever talks about, and I think this is something that will be quite relevant or, or something for you to think about, especially for if you are dealing with larger advertisers, and I'm talking about like, I'm just going to say like Audible and Squarespace, which are in the space at the moment, but that um, that are kind of used to doing this kind of stuff as well, is the fact that their payments are not prompt usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you do your thing, you invoice them, and then they take, I don't know, 30 to 60 days to pay you. So mm-hmm. there's that end of things where you're going to have to start to figure out how to get this payment and to make sure that people pay because I know from our perspective over in Lipson, at least when I was doing some of the um, sales and, and all that kind of stuff with the advertising, when, when I was doing this, this was like in 2007, um, I worked particularly in a lot of different campaigns that were being set up and getting podcasts and all that stuff. I know how often podcasters were emailing me going, when am I going to get my check? And for them to get their check, it took about three months after the campaign was over. And it wasn't necessarily... Yeah, but affiliate stuff's a little different, but yes. Yeah, affiliate stuff. Yeah, but what I'm saying is this is what you're looking for, right? Isn't like that to have conversations with, with people who are uh, used to... Uh, advertising in this kind of way uh, mm-hmm. with the big boys, right? Because that's what yeah. we're looking at, the bigger sponsors. Right. So that's what I'm saying. It's like there's a whole set of weight. I remember I, I had one advertiser and I didn't get paid. I thought it was gonna, I was going to be nice Christmas money. And I remember it was a nice bonus. Like what was it for my birthday, which is in February. And I think I did the, I did the actual ad in September and it was only it was an ad that I had to do just once like I just had to I had to do one ad um, for them and it took like oh forever for me to get that darn check and so then after that's what I usually say used to say to the podcasters is like just to just forget about this and then when you get the check in the mail you're going to be so excited mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right because <laughs> it doesn't happen so bad and because yeah it's um 
it's something you're not supposed to count on anyway. Yeah, true. True that. So, uh, as kind of so, it, what would you like to see for the podcast movement now that you went? What would what what was the something that you came out going? I wish there was. I wish there were more people that were not focused on business podcasting. Like I would like to see Adam Curry, Mark Marin, Adam Carolla, um, and those are just the dudes. There's so many funny women that have Chelsea Peretti, um, Aisha Tyler. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see bigger names than Pat Flynn. As then yeah. I mean he'll be keynoting next year, but it would be amazing to have like pot people who podcast like who are successful doing, I don't know, who are successful at other stuff too. Yep. Besides podcasting, talk about what a difference it's made in their career. I would love that. That um, is so awesome. Thank you for saying that. I didn't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> hey, man, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I do believe that, you know, to diversify the, the pool of the type of podcasters that are out there is so imperative, especially for exactly what you were talking about. Um, so here are my some of my ideas of who I would like to keynote. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tim Ferriss, I'd love to watch him talk because he's yeah. always very intriguing to me. Dan Carlin would be my ultimate dream, which I always, I have to say Dan Carlin in every episode that we have. Um, Molly Wood, I don't know if you know her, but she right now, she is, um, she used, she started off, well, she has a lofty career in new media, doing all kinds of reporting in the tech space. She worked for CNET for a while, and now I believe she is, oh my God, I think she's with the Wall Street Journal. Um, and she is doing a lot of work over there. She's doing primarily video, but she has had a long trajectory in, um, podcasting, the podcasting space. She is an amazingly intelligent woman. And I'd love to hear from her a perspective in terms of the way that media is moving. Mignon Fogarty. How about her? She's, yeah, I don't know why she wasn't there. Right. And I don't even know why she wasn't keynoting because I think she's fabulous and she's incredibly smart, sweet as a button and just right. business savvy as all get out. But she gets it. She's been around this industry for so long and she came at it from a completely different angle. And this, um, yeah. You know, Some, just something this event was missing was like some of the big podcasters that were at New Media Expo. Like yeah, they still right. Have better, they still have better podcasting peeps there so far. Right. In my- um, Joe Rogan, I think, would be fabulous. I love his take on everything that, that he's been doing. And um, I just saw an interview on the Young Turks. Have you ever seen the Young Turks before? No. It's like a progressive liberal um, news uh, channel, if you will, it's independent and it's sort of like soup. Yeah, it's super indie. Very well. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Very well produced. He was interviewed on the Young Turks, which is another part of new media, which I think that we should really delve as well into uh, video. Uh, um, video, video podcasting, not that you have to make do doing video, but these people are kind of taking it by storm. And he really talked about the way um, podcasting is changing um, the way mainstream media is moving, which is awesome. Callie Lewis, who's been around podcasting again for like a gazillion years and years and years. She was, you know, doing small, short video podcasts way back in the day. She's still doing it. She's got her own um, network basically of doing her own stuff and has been doing this for a while, making a living at it, uh, at it. She's a personality, somebody that I think that you can kind of look to, to see what is possible, Jessica. And also Tom Merritt, who has also been around forever from, from myself, um, 
been a huge fan of his, again, in the tech space, but um, he also knows the root of podcasting. He knows the power of podcasting. He he knows how to do it from an incredibly professional angle, meaning that when you listen to his stuff, he sounds so great. But at the same time, he's incredibly down to earth. Like those, I think that there's a lot of people that um, people don't know about, the, especially at the podcast movement. And I also feel that there weren't that many people that have been podcasting for a while. It was like a lot of people that were, show, I, I'm, I'm surprised that there were so many people that paid for that conference and they don't even have a podcast. Yeah. Were you surprised by that? I was floored. Um, no, only because at New Media Expo, there, I met a million people who were starting their show or starting their blog. And they're there to learn That's how. True. Okay. That's so, true. No, that didn't surprise me. That's that just, true. Um, and if you look at like social media, marketing world, social media, even their online success summits, all people who are like just learning how to start. Okay. Because so I think you, part of the reason a lot of people that we're naming weren't there is because they don't need to go to that because they already have a show and it's successful. Why do they need to go to an event for it? Well, I think that, you know what, we did have an event for it. I mean, we did. We're back in, like, when I was doing this, there was the Portable Media Expo. There was the Podcast Expo before it became the new media. And they all showed up. They were there. They were there with cameras. They were there covering the event. They did it. Um, and, you know, Adam Curry was there. He, I mean, all of these guys did come. It's just the fact that, I, I, I don't I'm not sure that people... I, actively reached out to a lot of these guys mm-hmm. i know from what i hear I, I don't remember who it was i think one of the um one of the founders of, of podcast movement i did mention about the keynote and po- having dan carlin <laughs> keynote and he said that he did reach out and dan's schedule didn't uh, line up with it so I think that, okay. that there has to be a much more brighter bigger opener opening in terms of who they get to come in. And part of it is that a lot of the people need to get more into podcasting in the podcasting space and how large it really is and that there isn't just a business. Um, there aren't just business podcasters. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm sure you can mention Dan, you know, Pat Flynn to Dan Carlin and he wouldn't know who he is. Yeah. So, <laughs> or any of these other guys like Mark Marin, be like, hey, have you heard of Pat Flynn or Entrepreneur on Fire? yeah (laughs) yeah no so yeah and amber mack sarah lane father roderick like all of these people are people that have been around for so many so much longer that i would have adored to meet them so yeah i don't know who any of those people are yeah exactly but they're amazing of what they do and they do it so well and they've doing it for their own and so for such a long time so anyway those things i would change you know i would have prepared better probably for a women's meetup because we dominated the lobby in a way that I don't think was very pleasant for the people who are working in that restaurant. Well, it was really fun. Right. I do. I didn't, I on, in all honesty, I did not think people would show up that much. I mean, that many people would show up. I didn't realize that. I thought we would have like a nice cozy. Yeah. No, it was like (laughs) 70 people. And I didn't even get to talk to all the people I wanted to talk to. I didn't get a chance to talk to all the people. I got caught up in the back of the room there and there were tables in my way. So I was like, how do I even get out of here? It was, it was the hardest thing ever. And yeah, there were a ton of women that I, that I wanted to speak with, like on a one-on-one that I just wanted to sit down and chat with. It was insane. There was so much going on. It was just crazy. So yeah. So uh, 
all in all, I really enjoyed being there. I think that as a present, not as well, yeah, as a speaker, I think I loved, I, I loved coming in and 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 representing. <laughs> I also loved, you know, being there with Libsyn because obviously it's like the best place for us to be because we host podcasts and that's awesome. I really enjoyed talking to everybody that came up to talk to us on the table. It was the best thing ever. I'm not sure that I would have attended any sessions myself either. I think I would have attended um, the one that you did um, with Lou. I think that really intrigued me. Uh, I I think you've done a session. No, never mind. Oh, no, 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 no. And your, well, your session, I, of course I loved your session, but those were all about the same topics. Like your session yeah. is about building community and you've yeah. done a fantastic job doing that. I think everybody should have shown up for that session because that's the kind of stuff that people are not doing and you're a genius at doing it. And the second thing is that, that Lou thing is about, it's the same thing, building community outside of the online space. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that people really need to pay attention to instead of, how to do all of these hacks of getting more downloads. So yeah. that's what I think. That's what I think for gosh's sake. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so um, do you think that there's a difference? And this is something that's been coming into my head a lot between a podcaster and people who podcast. Oy vey, Elsie. I know, right? The questions that I ask. What is with this? What is this with? Because this philosophical is, guru. I know. Question. Well, no, because this is something that's been going into my head, and this is what I wanted to do. It's just that there's a lot of people out there that, and, and I'm coming out from the passion perspective, that I, in all honesty, I would wear my hashtag podcaster T-shirt everywhere because I feel like I'm a podcaster. Like that's my that's like like a an identity that I want as part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of I have a podcast, but I'm a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for me, being a podcaster is what I do. I want to be in new media. I want to be out there. I want to be speaking. This is, I, I want to be creating more of these podcasts. I, I want to inspire other people to do it because this is a fantastic medium as opposed to how I can leverage my reach of my business, growing bigger and reaching more people by doing a podcast, which is kind of like, people who podcast that you just kind of have that it's sort of like I don't know as an actor I happen to be able to sing a little bit and so I can sing but I'm at my heart I'm an actor I'm not a singer and the same thing with singers that sometimes know how to act they're at their heart they're singers they're not actors so anyway but that's just I know it's my physical philosophical thing but I really think that there's a difference to be able to say and I think that we missed there were a lot of podcasters that were missing there people who are podcasters at heart and that's what they are and that's what they do and that's what they've done for many many years those guys were not there there were tons of people who podcast there Mm, so uh now I'm gonna get off of my well thing um you know I guess the reason why I hesitate to pontificate on that is simply because I don't know how other people feel about their shows. We only mm. know what we see. Right. True that. So like okay. even the business, even the po- entrepreneurial podcast or the people who seem to be in it for the money or who are making lots of money podcasting, like I don't know that that necessarily means that they see themselves as something else and then a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Cause it's their livelihood. Right. And, 
And I guess the only reason I'm saying that is just because it means so much to me, you know, because it, because that title for me is like a badge of honor. It's just something that's like, oh, yay. And it just, it feels like so, so, I don't know. It just doesn't hold, I can't, it just, I don't even know how to explain it. It just makes me upset sometimes when I I see that it, you you don't really get it or, or that's what I see in myself like from the outside in that you don't get it like this is a it's so it's so powerful as a medium it's so much more powerful in terms of empowering individuals to get the word out um, about so many different things and themselves in as a tool in itself in and of itself as opposed to the way that it can be used to to further something so yeah i don't know it's i mean i'm one of those people that um popped into it just to sort of see how it could enhance my business but when i was at podcast movement i felt really proud to be there with all different types of podcasts i just felt proud to be in the in in the keynote room with all people who are doing it and like doing it well and i don't know that is really fun. That was really cool because it was about all about podcasting. It made me feel more like a podcaster and less like a person who podcasts, if that makes sense. That's cool. I like that. that yeah. <laughs> Yay! So yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about um, kind of like, uh, I, I don't know if you guys have been following or have been aware at all of the um, patent troll issue that has been going around where uh, Adam Carolla was served papers uh, at basically, uh, let me see, about January, could have been January of last year, of this this year, uh, that he was being sued um, for a podca- podcasting patent by a patent patrol, which is what his he's being named. And um, Adam decided that he was going to fight it. So he um, got a campaign, a GoFund campaign also, uh, to be able to cover some of the lawyer bills and to fight this guy, um, basically face to face and to be able to do it the way that he wanted to do it. Uh, it turns out now that, uh, Adam, oh, oh that is, has settled basically with, uh, the patent troll. Uh, the patent troll is the one that backed down <laughs> and in their, um, PR, they said that they did not realize that there was no money in podcasting. Ah, what an <laughs> asshole. I, exactly. So you that's basically what has fun. been put out by this patent troll. So people, you get from the source, there is no money in podcasting. <laughs> Not even from the larger ones. So um, there was an article put out by the EFF uh, that basically breaks it down what this means that Adam Carolla settled with the podcast troll and it's called uh, the good, bad and ugly about this. So for the most part, this was a good thing because, you know, the patent troll itself himself really doesn't get, um, you know, if he tries to do this again, it's going to be a little bit more challenging because he literally said that there was no money in this. So um, that kind of takes a lot of power from him. The bad thing is the fact that since Corolla settled, that means that the patent still stands and it hasn't been distru- hasn't been disproven. So if you guys want a little bit more to read about this, this please go ahead and, and, and go to this article, which will be in our show notes um, So for this episode. 
episode number 14, I believe. Yeah, I mean, um, it basically says it created podcasting with a patent for downloading entertainment to devices. Yeah. But how does that mean Adam Carolla has anything to do with that? They should just sue iTunes. Well, they actually, n- not right, but they actually sued Adam Carolla was one of the bigger ones. They 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 served papers to a gaz- a lot of, of yeah of C- CBS, NBC, and Fox, and um, also HowStuffWorks.com. Yeah, a bunch of people. There were a lot of people, and so, uh, yeah. So basically, most of that is dropped. But NBC, CBS, and Fox are still going to trial in September. So it was just the Adam Carolla suit in specific that was settled. Um, and he has a gag order up to September, I believe, or after that. So maybe he can disclose what happened afterwards. And the EFF has their own thing going on with the same patent troll as well. So that does not affect that. That's still in, in standing. But it's really about um, the fact that they still hold it is like this, I guess, the ugliest part of it all. But the fact that they know that there is fire behind the podcasting space from podcasters is is good so that he's a little bit like whoa nobody's really fought him on it right um so that was a, a good thing for standing but you should real definitely read this and kind of get to know a little bit more of why what's been going on with that kind of stuff well so. actually um on august 1st there's an article that i pulled up says adam carolla won't let company drop podcasts patent infringement case against him yeah that's what um that's what happened at the beginning in, in august 1st yes these are like news that just came out that he did settle they dismissed togi.net how stuff works from the case because they didn't realize that he doesn't make money podcasting yep yep it's ridiculous i know so yeah he wasn't going to drop it and everybody was really happy that he wasn't going to drop it so he continued it and what happened in that in that continuation is that he ended up settling with the patent troll right after that. So do you think that's true though that he doesn't make money podcasting? Not the kind of money that I think this guy was looking for. He was looking for 3 million dollars. I don't think that he I don't think that that's uh, I think Corolla has 3 million dollars. I'm sure, yeah, he but I don't like think, I'm sure he has $3 million maybe, but not podcasting. No. You know, I mean, it. yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, if you break it down through all of the stuff that he's doing, perhaps, but I don't yeah. think he's making all that money via the podcast itself. I think he was looking for a larger amount of money. He on it. I, I don't think that he realized that there isn't that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, fantastic. that's why it has to be part of a a strategy, not your whole business. Yeah. So um, I forgot. Let me see what he says here. Like, this is kind of interesting. It says, um, Corolla, by raising the money and spending it on lawyers, forced personal audio to do so as well. And then in the discovery phase came to realize there is no real money being made by podcasters. We know that because personal audio released a press release saying so. And as the EFF said, quote, Though a press release may not be legally binding, the company will have a hard time justifying any further litigation or threats of litigation against podcasters. Any future targets can point to this statement. Uh, Corolla deserves recognition for getting this result, unquote. Maybe they should sue John Dumas. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? And be like, and then he's in (laughs) there. That's right. (laughs) 
He's the only one making money. I mean, I'm just sitting here wondering, like, if I posted this in Podcasters Paradise, how unpopular would I actually get? That like, that that there is no money in podcasting. That that's what the EFF said. Yeah, that if Adam Carolla can't be sued, what choice do the rest of us have? Exactly right. No, I think it would be really intriguing because I, I want to know what these guys thought about that stuff. Were they even aware about it? That were they concerned about it? I mean, if I was, if I was, you know, John Lee, and I had that much at stake, I, I would be watching this very closely. Yeah, I'm sure because I wouldn't know. I'm gonna post in there right now and just <laughs> see what comes up. <laughs> Especially that quote, because that's the quote you should have the you should have the the PR. Uh, release, you know, the public, whatever the heck it's called that the pot and troll put out that literally said there is no money in podcasting. I think that that those that was the exact wording. Um, so that now that is part of the legal understanding. Yeah. Um, are you posting? Yeah, I'm typing it right now. Oh, my God. How little money there is in podcasting. Um, what do you guys think of this? I have always believed it's a the podcast strategy is a part of a bigger plan. Would love your thoughts. XOXO, just kidding. <laughs> Is that what? Did you really put XOXO? No. No, I would not put XOXO. But I said I would love your thoughts, especially John. Because the truth is, John's money is not made from podcasting. It's made from the products he's created around it. That's right. Uh, two two more things that I wanted to <clears throat> kind of touch base on. We're going to perhaps not end in the, in the most um, uplifting note. But I also wanted to let us, our ladies, know about other conferences. So, and other things that are going out there in the space that have been going for quite a long time. And I know that there are some that I'm sure aren't necessarily uh, in this, these industries, but I just wanted to show you ladies that there is, these things are really going out there and they have been for a long time. There is the Catholic New Media Conference, and I believe that now it is, uh, I would say, I think the first one might have been 2008. And that really gathers, obviously, just a very specific amount of people there. They're all Catholic, and most of the time they are no, focusing no, no, no. on podcasting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe the conference was in Australia this year, and it's really, really awesome. Like, I've never attended, but what I'm saying awesome is in like big, as in like it's very mm-hmm. highly attended, and ma- the majority of the, the push is from podcasters. Podcasters drive that uh, as well as, as bloggers and whatnot, but it's really, it's now 10 years. Catholics have been podcasting for 10 years. So it's like this, this last uh, new media conference, I believe it's going on right now um, in Australia again. Then there's also these awards that I'm sure nobody has heard of. These are called the Parsec Awards. The Parsec Awards are a celebration of speculative fiction podcasting. So these awards are voted by, I believe, the audience. They are not done like, you know, the way that the podcast awards are done where you have to vote like every day for the person for who knows how many times and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the past awards have been, they've been going on since 2006 and they're an incredible uh, awards. Uh, 
amazing, amazing stuff. So that's something for you guys to think about. There is also, uh, of course, the Comedy Fest, the pod podcast comedy fest um i believe in los angeles coming up in september um the pod fest over there is really cool because it's all the comedians all the people jessica you were just talking about those guys are all going to be there oh um, man and um they're also and what's really awesome about the pod fest and this is the key i believe it's not it's the la podcast festival that's what it's called it is not just it well, obviously it's very highly geared towards the comedy podcasters but it's not just about podcasting it's also about the podcast listeners so mm. even if you just listen to these podcasts you can come back and you can see panels and sessions with some of these comedy podcasters and that's happening in la september 26 to 28 so so if there are any she podcasters in Los Angeles, I would suggest you go to this conference because this is going to. Completely- Aaliyah, this means you. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to completely expand your mind about what podcasting is. You will meet a lot of other people who have shows who are incredibly funny. And plus, you'll see some of the bigger names, of course, there. So definitely. You know I'm going to post it in the group right now, even though they have no idea what I'm talking about. The LA Podfest? Yeah, I'm just going to post the link in there. Yeah, it's like the super awesome, awesome Coming stuff. Up. And plus, if you met Rob, he's going to be there. Uh, he'll Lipson has a booth there as well. Yeah. Um, there's also Nerdacular. <laughs> Nerdacular is, of, is not a podcasting-specific conference, but it is a, a conference that kind of rose up from the, the throes of the nerds. Um, and it's uh, Scott Johnson, who has been podcasting forever as well. He uh, kind of began this conference to sort of support uh, the, the nerd industry or all the, the nerd media out there. Mm-hmm. And it's really a wonderful, a wonderful, very down to earth conference. And it has a very strong podcasting track. And mm-hmm. all the people that have uh, that are speaking at this podcasting track are non no people that you've ever heard before, but that have had a lot of experience in the space. Uh, this year's conference happened already in July, so it was July fourth and fifth of this year. It always happens, and it's a yearly thing. So um, you can check it out. I'm sure next year, if you want to attend some of that stuff too. Um, so these are just some things that are happening in terms of the podcasting space, and these are conferences that have a very except you know um, podcast heavy place to go. And I think for any she podcaster that kind of wants to get a little deeper into the space of podcasting and kind of expand your awareness and your experience of it, to really start to scope out some of these other conferences, and all links will be in the show notes for that. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It's a good. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what other ones. I wonder if podcast movement is just for business podcasts, and this is for comedy ones. And I don't know. You know what? I think that 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 they view, and this is just my my thought. I think they view the LA Podfest, you know, the the LA Podcast Conference, as a competitor. And it's interesting because. Really? They're yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, which is really crazy. I don't remember where it was that I mentioned the LA Podfest, and then somebody was like, or the podcast movement from it was one of the founders. Really? And I was like, oh, come on, give me a break. There's no competition here, guys. It's like, yeah, yeah. y'all, if you want to compete, you have to reach out to these guys and get them on the show. So yeah. I think, 
you know what it was just now? It just hit me. You know how you were talking about in the last episode about um, when you start your podcast, you start to just interview your friends. Yes. And then like you have to then start to reach out to people you don't know. Mm -hmm. I think this is what's happening with the podcast movement. I think at first it was like, hey, let's get our friends. (laughs) I am sure you're right. And then so now it's like, okay, my friends are here. So it's basically, you know, the first episode of the podcast movement. We have to wait for the next episode to come up and see. So people have to step out of their comfort zones and start to reach out to to bigger names. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was that. And then the last little bit that I think is is something that we should talk about as well um, just as a way to support there is uh, a podcaster who was recently diagnosed with uh, cancer I I don't have the exact details of what the diagnosis was but uh, it was one of those things where he wasn't feeling very well he went to the doctor and he was basically told that he had a couple of weeks basically to live so it was one of those super advanced forms of cancer, and there, there's really nothing, nothing that could be done for him. It's really sad. Very, very sad. It. Um, this guy had been around. I personally do not know this gentleman. Uh, I have not come across some of his um, work, but I do know how his, the friends that he's had, and I do know some of his friends, and the outpour of love that has come out from the podcasting community. His name is P.G. Holyfield, and he uh, came into fame, if you will, in podcasting via the patio books space. So he would write, and this is another wonderful way to get into podcasting, and this is very, very huge, and it, it pick up steam uh, really, really fast, which is when you would write uh, basically science fiction type, um, the majority of it was science fiction type novels, and you would then podcast them. So, you know, every week you would have a new chapter, and they were not necessarily like, it, think about them like audiobooks, like from Audible on crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they would have like sound seeing tours like you they would have music it's sort of like you were listening to a movie in your ears mm-hmm. and these guys would read them and they would have guests w- uh, with each other come come in and do voices or read a chapter and the editing of these things is like massive and um the audience and fan base of these patio books uh, has always been incredibly massive and the space is very compact and they love each other very well so pg holyfield wrote and produced his patio book called Murder at Avedon Hill. Murder at Avedon Hill. And if you want to hear his work, which is, I think, brilliant in terms of this, the scope of podcasting, if you want to hear his voice and get to know P.G. Holyfield, you can still fall in love with him because that's what podcasting is about. You can just start to binge listen, which is what I do all the time, to some of his work. Um, and so he's got an entire book that you can listen, Murder at Avedon Hill, obviously for, for free. And mm-hmm. uh, he also has a um, GoFundMe campaign because I believe I just saw that he just passed away um, uh, from a tweet. So uh, his family is going to need a lot of support. This was a really 
fast and shocking thing that happened and they're looking for funding. So if you have any, and maybe if you just li- think about it this way, listen to Murder of Avedon Hill and think that you're paying for his work. Just like, you know, you've just bought an audiobook or something, 15 bucks yeah. or something like that and yeah. donate to his family um, to kind of ease the stress of this whole situation. So I just thought y'all should know. Thanks, Elsie. That's you're really welcome. sad. I know. Um, this really just brought me to something that, you know, Dan Carlin had mentioned in the past, the fact that this work that we're doing and that we're putting on tape like this, that one tape <laughs> that we're recording that is out, it's out, it's out, yep. it's out there forever. Um, you know, it's, somebody has it in their, in, in their ears. It's, it is published. It is is basically what we're leaving behind. So it has that much power to uh, continue to inspire even when we're not around, uh, which is one of the reasons that I really love this medium from from this perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. Sorry. That is a shame. Did I you know. know him personally or no? I did not. I did not. Um, but I have, st- of course, started listening to some of his stuff and I have heard his voice. And um, so it's, it, you can start to connect with somebody like that. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to know what was going on with him and um, all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Blah. That sucks. Sorry. So, ladies, um, if you have any questions or concerns or maybe something that you want us to cover, you can always post it on the Facebook group. It, I think it's probably the easiest thing for you all to do. And if you're not part of that Facebook group, we're now over 500 women. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Over 500 women over at the Facebook group that you can join, which are all female podcasters, all of us uh, doing this either for a long time or just starting out and the gamut in between. So you can post a question for us. We'd love to give voice to whatever concerns you or, or feedback that you have for us today. Yeah. Yay. So. Yay. Well, I hope to see more of you at next year's podcast movement, too. Absolutely. And we'll have to do some kind of incentive to get you guys there. I know. And we have to be a little bit more focused on what we're going to do for our meetup because it's going to be awesome. And I think and I'm sorry for not having enough time. <laughs> that was part of the problem. Like it was just like I would, the only time we could do it was when I was there and I wasn't there on Friday. So, yeah. Actually, that was a big problem. That was a big problem. I was only there on Saturday. It's the only time I could show up. So Next year, Elsie, you're going to have to make arrangements way in advance. I know. Well, I'm going to tell. I already know when the next pod- podcast movement is and when New Media Expo is. So um, New Media Expo is in April. You're definitely going to go, right? Yes. New Media Expo is in April, I believe, April 13th through April 16th. And it's going to be inside the inside NAB, the National Association of Broadcasters Conference, inside NAB. So uh, you're going to meet, you're going to be hobnobbing with the big boys where you're going to be looking at stuff that's, um, you know, not like over so $1,000 worth of gear yeah. if for you're their stuff. Those of you who are introverted, if you were intimidated before, now you're really going to be crapping in your pants when you yeah, go. It's like 90,000 people. Yeah, it's huge. It's going to be in the uh, Las, Las Vegas Convention Center. And what I, from what I've heard, all of the hotel rooms around that place really um, get full. So if you're planning on going, I was told already to book my hotel room. Oh, my God. So I know. Way, you can always cancel it, but um, um, that's yeah, in April. You, it. you know, it, um, Elvis lived there. 
Elvis? He lived there. <laughs> Elvis lived at this hotel. Which He's, one? The Hilton? It's called Westgate now, but it's Las Vegas Resort and Casino. It's now called Westgate Resorts. Oh. And Elvis lived there and performed there like 59 nights in a row or something ridiculous like that. But he lived there for like two years. Oh, my gosh. Yup. How about them apples? Wow. Well, you see that? I know. So, yeah, there's going to be a huge thing there. And podcast movement, I believe, is July 31st through August 2nd, uh, 2015 in, where is it? Fort? Oh, my gosh. I just space though uh, it's not going to be where worth, it is worth worth fort yeah fort worth yeah omni hotel in fort worth yeah fort worth so uh yeah and it should be uh i believe i guess it's going to be in a much nicer not not that this wasn't a nice location i really like being in that hotel it was nice even though i mean i i, I enjoyed it it wasn't you know, it was awesome. It was fine. It was great because it was attached to the mall. So if you got bored, you can just go shopping. Yeah, exactly. And so the, I guess in the Omni, it's obviously a very beautiful hotel. And at the same time, it's surrounded by lots of things you can do. So mm-hmm. um, it was except. pretty good stuff. Yeah. So start planning now, people. Now, people. Now, ladies. Rob said my, you know, Rob Waltz said to me, he goes, he, no, he, to, to our audience. He said, OK, everybody, you got to book your hotels now and you have to file a taxes early. <laughs> <laughs> to go to the April thing so that he, they could true. get the money. <laughs> well, you know what? Next year, New Media Expo is a Monday through a Thursday. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's Monday. in April, so you're not going to have, like, the crazy... Remember the flying issues that you had, Jess? Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Can't believe you didn't have any, but yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I did have flying back this time. Ugh. That's true. So annoying. So Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. All right. Look at now, 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 now. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So, ladies, if you have any feedback, please on the Facebook group, or you can leave a comment over on the ShePodcasts.com, uh, a website. And is that it? I think that is it, right? I think that's it. Yo, 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 yo. All right. See y'all. All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. Right, 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 right.